You are listening to Mindset Podcast. If you want to learn more about Mindset or watch the video version, please visit InspiredDigitalStudios.com forward slash Mindset. Mindset is part of the WXPR Community Podcast Project, an initiative to amplify community voices. Mindset is about people. It is raw, and at times may contain content that could be considered triggering. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, I'm your host, Andrew Egan, and thank you for joining us on Mindset, the show where we dig deeper into people's stories to find out what's behind the veil. This month's episode is a big one. Josh Grizzly Newman is an ex-convict, a passionate barber, and has garnered a following on his social media. His story starts in darkness, but oftentimes the best gifts come from the darkest places. His experience in prison and losing contact with his friends and family on the outside made him realize that he was meant for more in this world. He found something he was passionate in and hasn't said no to following that passion since, all while keeping his amazing sense of humor. I'm excited to help tell his story. Introducing Josh Grizzly Newman. Josh Newman. Uh, I am a barber. I am currently in college for cosmetology and I graduate next month. Uh, and we're looking really, really looking forward to it. Where did you grow up? Uh, I'm from Rhinelander, Wisconsin. What was life like growing up for you? Um, life growing up honestly was pretty well. I, uh, I have an awesome parents that uh, were very loving and always there for me. I, uh, it was nice to be in a home that I ate dinner with my family every night and I had clothes on my back and I was super grateful for the, um, the environment that I was raised in. Did you want to be a barber at that time? Um, no, for sure. This is definitely, um, I always kind of had a thought in my head that I wanted to work with people. I wasn't sure how or what. Um, my whole life, everybody kind of was wanted to push me towards like a trade of some sort. So um, I'm a big guy, so everyone expected me to be a, a roofer or a mechanic or something that was big and strong and heavy. You know, people always kind of put that on me that I should be the man that I appear to be. But I uh, always wanted to combat that, dude. To be honest with you, because I didn't want to be what anybody else wanted me to be ever. Did you have any goals when you were younger? Like, like that you wanted to, what did you want to be when you grew up? Man, I didn't know. I don't know what I wanted to be. Um, I always told people that I was going to be famous. <laughs> Actually, I told people I, um, they were going to, I was going to do big things with my life. Um, 
my actions never never matched up with my mouth though ever other than maybe just um, being able to make a room full of people laugh or maybe uh, I could I could do something bigger and crazier than the next guy just so I could get the attention um, I definitely was um, an attention seeker my entire life and even even as a grown man um, I like it too so just trying to be able to find um, a balance between it because I was never be able to do both ever so it was hard when you were in your teenage years did anything shift there or um well basically like I was saying before um I uh I had a problem with acting out at school um so I was basically since I started school and I was around people I learned that I could make people laugh, that I had a gift um, of connecting with people, even as a, as a kid, which got me in trouble at school because I put that my main priority. So as a teenager, as a young, as a young adult, uh, I was in and out of detention, suspension, expelled. I got expelled from high school when I was 16, um, ended up going to military school, and that was kind of like the beginning of the dark road, as you might want to call it. Um, and uh, yeah, so there wasn't a lot of ambition. Um, it was basically me just being combative to everybody else because I couldn't get my way or because I wanted to do it a different way. Tell us more about that dark road. Um, well, even as, as, a, young, as a young adult, um, as a elder teen, you could say, I, uh, I like to party with my friends. You know, um, I, like to, I like to drink, I like to smoke pot, you know, I... Uh, I didn't. I didn't mind breaking stuff, or if it wasn't, if it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't mine, I was entitled to it. I, uh, I was, you know, just a real, just a real kid, <laughs> as you could say. I, uh, um, but that dark road. The older I got, once the party stopped for everybody else, it didn't stop for me. And um, people would go back to their home life, and I would too. And I would, everyone would go back to their jobs, and I would too but I would stay high, I would stay drunk, and I would usually always be on the lookout for the next thing that I could steal. And so at this time, you weren't, you, you still didn't have any goals to do anything better. What, do you think that would have helped at the time? Um, you see, like I said, I, I, had a, I had a really supportive family and friends. So a lot of people believed in me. A lot of people were like, Josh, you can do this. You can, you just need to put in this effort. You need to find this motivation. And I've lacked motivation basically my entire life. Uh, there wasn't a lot of goals. Um, and it's, it's hard. I'm trying to think back and it's, it's not even, I'm not even really that sure. I'm trying to, um, I had no motivation. Honestly, if it wasn't within a grasp of a six month span, there wasn't any, any kind of goal at all. I wanted to get the hell out of school. I wanted to, I uh, wanted to be on my own. I wanted to do all these things that a grown up could do as a kid that I definitely was not ready for at all. And I tried to grow up way too fast. When did that change? Uh, what exactly do you mean? When, uh, when did what change? Like when did, when did your mindset mindset shift from six months to like what did it take for that to start thinking about your future um well uh those slap on the wrist as a as a kid it got worse as an adult um 
and the pot smoking and the drinking turned into heroin and meth and um, detention and suspension turned into rehab and prison and um, constant jails, jail, jail, you know, getting used to being in a jail cell in a jail setting in a structured life. And that was the only time I could find any peace. And when I was there, I just couldn't wait to get out. So um, while I was in prison for my second time for possession of intent to deliver methamphetamine in my community in Rhinelander, I, uh, I just, um, I'm not sure. It felt different. It was, um, it was during the pandemic and it was during uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And I was in a place that was a lot different from what everybody else was doing. Um, the whole world was different and the whole world was terrible, but I was trapped. I was trapped inside of the place that I didn't want to be with people I didn't want to be with, you know, and a lot of those people aren't ever going home, you know, and those people had, don't have anything to lose, you know, and me with my little two year sentence compared to somebody with 20 years, you know, was be quick to, um, to antagonize that kind of, those kind of people. And we were locked in our cells literally 24 seven for sometimes weeks and months at a time if there was a COVID breakout and we had to be quarantined, you know, and feeding us paper bag lunches for breakfast, lunch and dinner through a little trap every day, just getting escorted showers, maybe once or twice a week if we're lucky, you know, talking on the phone through a little trap underneath the floor saying happy Thanksgiving to my family. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I had to go through to totally like, not want not want to be that anymore <clears throat> to like see my family and my friends and watching their lives just continue when mine stopped you know it i couldn't do anymore you know i have a seven-year-old son at home you know and he calls me josh not dad you know and that's the thing he's not at home he's he lives 10 hours away and he's called somebody else dad and that's okay because He's taken care of, and right now I am doing what I can to be the man I can for him. But for me to be able to do that, I have to I have to completely focus on myself, you know. Um, but while I was in prison, I um, I had to make a plan, and a part of that plan was to find something greater than myself that I wanted to be a part of. And to put it simply, and it's to save someone's life. It's to give back all that I've been taking from everybody. You know what I mean? Wasting my time and everybody else's time and energy for 27 years, you know? And now I owe it to myself and my community, to other people to share my experience, strength, and hope to help just help change one life. That's all, that's all I have. That's, that's what I want to do. And uh, it took me to go to prison and it took me to lose friends. Um, and it took me to be in a very dark place and a very dark dark um, rock bottom. I had to hit rock bottom. And uh, I found a purpose and I knew I wanted to be around people. And uh, I would go to the barber shops in the prisons that I was in and they would just be the most coexisting places. So I would be in a place, the darkest place that you could possibly be and I could feel peace, you know? There would be coexisting. There'd be black people in there. There'd be white people in there. You know what I mean? It did not matter. You were in there to get your hair cut, to talk about your day, you know? And that was just like the most freeing feeling in the world. You could get that hair growth off of you. You could feel like a man, you know? A free man inside of a, inside of a prison, inside of a gated, you know? Inside of a gate, behind the walls. And that was honestly the freeing moment of my life, you know? And I... uh 
I knew I wanted to be a part of that for sure. And uh, I put it in, I put those, that plan into motion right away before I even got released. I wanted to sign up for school. I reached out to my, uh, the college in my town, Nicolet College, um, right when I got released and I, I put this plan into motion, cosmetology school. And I was scared. I'd never put hair in a ponytail. I've never used a hair straightener and I've never been in any kind of salon setting like this. I've been shaving my own head in my bathroom since I was a teenager. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect at all. And I figured I'd probably be the only guy to do it. And uh, I'd probably be totally out of my element, but I figured for the only way for me to change my mindset to do that with myself was to completely step out of my comfort zone. 110%, man, 110%. I had to just be, you know, I had to be scared, you know? <clears throat> On the way to uh, on the way to my first day of cosmetology school, my mom took me, <clears throat> and uh, on the way there, I was crying, screaming in her car with the hands on the dashboard, just like so scared, dude, <laughs> so scared of my first day of cosmetology school, man. I was terrified. And I was telling my mom I've been to prison. I lost the woman, my best friend in my life, to a heroin overdose. You know what I mean? I completely have been through the depths of hell from myself, mostly caused by myself. And I was never so afraid to walk into a room of women. Probably, who knows what? I didn't know what I was expecting. A room full of 18-year-old girls. Man, and that, that set me over. That, 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 that was the scariest day of my life. How did you overcome that? Um, well, the same way that I've always overcome anything, I put myself out there. I'd say who I am and what I, what I stand for, where I've been, what I want to do. And that's what I did. And it was one of the most awkward things ever. I swear to God, it was so weird. I walked in and it was like, I could feel the energy and none of these girls expected a six foot five, 300 pound man with a beard to his, <laughs> with a beard to his stomach to walk through that door, dude. None of them, not one of them, you know? And um, it was crazy and it was surreal for sure. And I told them, I just got out of prison. This is what I'm doing in my life and uh, that I need help. You know what I mean? And my classmates and my teachers have just been like nothing but helpful and just trying to help help me grow. You know what I mean? I never thought that I would find so much peace in a room full of 18 to 20 year old girls. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's the push that I needed. You know, I need to be out of my element because my focus was Josh for so long. And now my focus was Josh and what I can do for other people, what I can do for myself to find that motivation that I never had. You know, I always thought I was the bad guy, man. <laughs> I'm actually the good guy. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> you, you told me a story before we started filming um, about when you were trying to recover from your addiction and you said it was something like, you finally admit it to yourself. Like, I just, yeah, I just want to get high. And then yeah. can you tell us more about that and how that like shifted your perspective? Yeah. Um, so like I said before, um, I got released from prison a year early. I got to do a drug treatment program, uh, ERP, uh, early release or earned release program. And, um, and so it was, and it was during the pandemic too, you got, mind you. So I'm saying like a lot of our classes were through a plastic shower curtain with, with homework and face to face trying to talk about your personal problems when you got 30 guys standing behind you 
banging on tables and laughing and you know what I mean? Where you're trying to talk about very personal things. Um, but my first day of my ERP program, we're sitting there with 10 other strangers, all of us are in the same position, just different cases from different towns and different colors. And uh, they asked me where I was from, what drug I did and what I wanted to get out of the program. And I told them, I'm Josh Newman and I don't wanna stop getting high. I'm not gonna stop getting high. I'm gonna find a way where I can get high and I can live my life. Because I always thought that I, you know, maybe I just won't sell it. Maybe I'll just do it. I can have a job and it'll be enough motivation to keep me going. Um, and I went in there with the mindset of just being transparent and honest and just like, I don't wanna get high, but can you help me find a way to live? That's basically what I did and she did that. And she, my facilitator totally worked with me. And every day that I would show up to class, my wanting to get high would go a little bit down. And then I would go back to my room at night in my unit and talk about getting high with my, with my roommates. You know what I mean? So it was crazy. It was just back and forth, being tear apart. You know what I mean? Double-sided. That's why I felt my whole That's life. That's addiction now, isn't it? I, oh, yeah, it's addiction. Sum, sum it up. You know what I mean? Right there, just being tore apart doing something that you don't want to do. Why would you want to do something you don't want to do? But why am I doing it? And why can't I stop? That's crazy. It's wild. Because the only person that can, that can make you stop is you. No kid, no jail cell, no you know, amount of money. If you don't want to stop getting high, you're not going to stop getting high. Something's got to happen. And I just hope that I can get into some of these people's lives before, before their family loses their child or that kid loses their parent, you know, because I went through the things that I went through for that. It's my job now to make myself accountable so I don't go back so I can help somebody else. And that's my purpose in my life. I'm meant for bigger and greater things than I ever thought I could imagine. And that's not me being cocky. That's just me being open and honest and I feel the goosebumps. I feel the energy, I feel the tears, it's raw, it's real and it happens every day. And I try hard, you know what I mean? And I like it and I cry because I need to feel that emotion, man, because that's a shit that's gonna help somebody else. That's the real stuff, you know? And people don't wanna talk about it and people need to talk about it, you know? And I'm willing to be that voice. Do you think that experience of like being so open about what you desired when you were going to recovery, um, do you think that that whole experience in and of itself has like helped you on your way to becoming a barber? As you said just minutes ago, the yeah. best barber in the world. <laughs> yes, yes. I, um, yeah. I want to I want to incorporate my career and my story and I want to I want to help I want to help people getting out of prison that feel like they don't have a purpose that think they got to go back to the dope you know what I mean or back to back to that ex-girlfriend and you don't you don't or ex-boyfriend whatever it is you're into or whatever who you are you know because addiction does not affect men or women or children or old people, it does not matter who you are, it does not discriminate on your color, on your age, man. It's gonna affect everybody and it's gonna affect everybody differently and it's, 
and it needs to be tackled in such a transparent way and on a personal person by person basis you know what i mean and i feel like i've found my way to channel my story with my hands i'm a very hyper guy i'm a very goofy guy and when i'm behind a chair when i got somebody in my chair and i can feel them and i can see them and i can talk to them and i know they're comfortable it's like you know you start to talk about open things man and, and and when i start to talk about my story man i feel like i become something totally different and it's just crazy like there's this power inside of me that i never thought that i ever had and that's just that's hard to keep up with and honestly it is it seriously is and it's it's scary because it's the amount of pressure and stress that it does cause me does scare me sometimes with um with my sobriety and stuff because I do have a lot of pressure and a lot of eyes on me right now. But um yeah, man, being able to being able to like know I can help that next person or the people telling me sharing their their stories on how I inspire them and people like I was telling you before, people will stop me at the store and be like they will tell me a very personal piece of them that who knows how long they they carried that with them and that they just shared it with me. And that's the things that I go to sleep at night when I put my head in my pillow about that woman that shared that personal story with me about her son or that that man about his past and his and his bottle you know like that's crazy to me that's wild people are sending me messages saying that me being me is helping them be them dude what's more amazing than that because it's that inspiring they see yeah they see the the energy in you and the and the transformation you've made you know yeah man it's 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 honestly a crazy experience, man. World and life is nuts. <clears throat> and going outside and seeing it and watching the news and it is like crazy because it doesn't really seem like it's gonna get any better anytime soon, which is sad because how could it get any worse? You know what I mean? But it can and it is, you know, and it's scary. And this might sound ridiculous, but I was seeing my probation officer one day <laughs> And she asked me, what happened? What changed? What was that switch? You know what I mean? Because it was more than just one thing. It was multiple things. But I'm a very goofy guy. And the first thing that I said that quoted was, you ever watch Joe Dirt? And she's like, no. Um, in the part Joe Dirt, they said, where do you want to be when baby Jesus come back? Picking on little poor Joe Dirt. And like that, I was in prison, dude, when I thought this. And I laughed uncontrollably laughing, dude. Tears rolling down my face, laughing with my celly, laughing about this because it was such a profound moment in my life. Because it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what you believe in. Honestly, I don't know what I believe in. But if something were to ever come to an end, where do you want to be? Where do you want to stand? What did you do with your life? Nothing. Something. I don't know. Were you the same person every day? Did you, were you, did you have integrity? Was it honorable? Because it's not about who knows you and what you're doing and how cool your story is it's about what you can do for other people it's about the love in the world like that's like the only true thing in the world is love man you know what i mean and it's and it's crazy because it's like the most lost thing right now and it's and like i i want to so bad just like give love and give hope and share my experience strength and hope with the next man or woman because they deserve it they need it it needs, I wish I had somebody like me when I was a kid. If, if somebody was coming up to you and asking you, like, what advice do you have to give to somebody who's trying to make that transformation? 
or, or no need something to change. Ask for help, 100%. You know, like, um, know that you can, you know, that you, you, you don't have to do it alone, that you never have to be alone. You know, there's so many people that are struggling out there too. So many, dude, so many. And um, there is a place for everybody. There's a family for you. There's a, there's a place where you can go, where you can be yourself. You gotta find it. And just like anything else, you, it's, you're not gonna find it your first time. You have to trial and error. You're gonna have to fail. And if you're an addict, you fail, you've failed before and you're, you're used to that feeling, but you, it's about how you get up because we're gonna fall. Everyone falls. It's about how you get up and how you're gonna keep dusting yourself off and just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. If you don't think there's any other hope, there's always hope. Do you know why? Because you're alive. That's your reason. You know what I mean? You have to. You have to do it for you. And you said you find peace in the that barber shop through connectivity. Can you can you tell us more about how you found that when you were in prison and how it translates to you know free life? Yeah. Um I remember actually my barber in Stanley. Uh, he was a really he was a, he was a good dude. Um, he had a lot of information, had a lot of wisdom. Um, he had a long sentence, you know, like thirty plus years. You know what I mean? And he uh, he was the barber, and he I just seen how he held himself, and you know what I mean. Despite his sentence, despite his crime, whatever it was. You know, he was able to connect with each and every person in his chair and to have these personal relationships and be able to just like be a totally transparent person with within the community of the Department of Corrections, you know, and I really liked that feeling because I didn't know if I was ever going to stop getting high. And I thought to myself, hey, maybe maybe if I got a job as a barber when I go back to prison when I go back to prison, I'll have a job at least, you know, because with addiction, my mom, my family, uh, counselors, they told me pretty much like I had two choices in my life, uh, you know, two ways at the end of this, you know what I mean? With active addiction and that's prison and death, you know, and I, uh, those, neither of those are, they're not going to happen to me while I'm using it anymore, you know, now it's going to be something different, you know, now I'm going to, who knows, maybe I'll, maybe I'll die in my sleep as an old man. One can hope, right? We'll see. You still, you, yeah, you obviously still feel that spark. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. Doing what you're doing. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I have anxiety very bad and I'm uncomfortable all the time. Um, but when I have my clippers in my hand, when my shoes are in my hand, when I got someone's full undivided attention, um, it's like I just, I change into a different person. It's awesome. It's like I need my hands to be doing something, you know, and I need my brain to be doing something. And I uh, just, um, that spark is there. And it's there, man. I got motivation, dude. I got a lot of it. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. So on that note, what are your goals now? Once you, you said, when are you graduating the program? I graduate my school um, June 30th. So we got about a month left. So uh, I'm really excited. Uh, this is the first time that I've ever done anything like this ever. Um, well, when they see this, it'll be like three days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's wild. I, uh, um, 
I got kicked out of high school when I was a kid. I, I graduated from uh, the Challenge Academy. Um, that was a really cool experience, but I never had any kind of graduation experience ever. Um, and Nicolet College, they, um, they have a commencement every year. And they actually, um, when I filed to get my cap and gown, there's a little check to buy, a little box you can check. And it said to be a student speaker. And I checked the box, you know, whatever. And um, I got interviewed for it and I got, I got chosen to be the, the commencement speaker. And I got to tell my, I got to share my, the last year of my life and what I've done and how I've done it and uh, what I want to do. And that was, that was awesome. That was awesome that I've been waiting for this moment, um, which sounds crazy, but when I started school, every single morning that I wake up for school, and this is the truth, um, I wake up about five, between five and 5.30 every single morning. I put my headphones in, I pace back and forth in my room, and I cry. <laughs> I cry, and I think about, and I have, I, I manifested this, this vision in my head of me talking in front of a big group of people and, and I visioned myself standing there telling my story and I knew it was this, it was the graduation. I knew what it was, where it was, and it was so surreal. And I just like, you know, and I would tell my mom that like, I would manifest these things in my life. I think, I think so. I mean, it's been working. <laughs> and uh, I'd be like, mom, like something's happening. Like I'm, I'm going to be the, I'm, they're going to, they're going to choose me to be the speaker mom. And she's just like, probably, I mean, you got a cool story. <laughs> and then um, it just turned like, like, I don't know, like before I know it, they're going to be making a little co uh, commercials of me on Nicolet or before you know it, we'll have the, the local news at the door. You know what I mean? And all these things have been happening. You know, all these things that I'm putting in, in the, in the action are happening. And it's because I work hard. You know, I completely learned something that I've never even done in my life a couple of months ago. And now I'm just like doing, checking off these goals in my life. And I got so much to learn, so much. And I got to try to be as humble as I can. It's hard sometimes because it's, I'm so proud of myself and it's hard to be, you know, it's, I, I've never been this proud of myself. So I feel bad for being proud of myself. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's like, where do I find the ego and that? You know what I'm saying? That, and it sucks because I got, I got people in my life that, you know, maybe make it make make me feel like it's I'm you know being working off an ego, but if that's the case, man. My confidence is totally killing it in my life, and I'm very proud of myself, and that's an awesome feeling. Yeah, that's incredible. That's that's awesome. Um, so, what do you think your your biggest strengths are throughout your whole story through your childhood and finding yourself in your teens and um, your experience in prison and now following your passion, has there been a constant that, that has kept you like going through all of that? Um, I think it would have to be my humor. I would have to be my ability to, um, make any dark situation light. You know, I was the guy in the, in the prison, in prison that would make everybody laugh. I was the guy to do weird stuff. I was that guy. And if you know me and you know me from this town, you know that Josh Newman is, is, is kind of a weirdo <laughs> in the, in the, respectfully the best way possible. But being able to use my humor, be able to laugh at myself, being able to just like not care, being able to like brush that shit off my shoulders, knowing that it could be worse, bro. Honestly, that's my, my gratefulness. Honestly, keeps it, it humbles me. And um, my humor, my humor is my 100% is my gift, my curse too. Sometimes <laughs> it's a bad coping skill sometimes, but you know, it's, it's it can be therapeutic for other people and for yourself if you use it the right way. 
So, any plans for after you graduate? Well, I can. I want to. I want to continue to share my personal story. You know, with social media and in my community. Um, I work with uh, high school, my local high school, working with uh, working with students, sharing my personal story, and maybe showing them a thing or two about taking care of themselves. Maybe um, maybe some beauty tips for them, and um, you know, know that it's okay to be not okay. <laughs> That's just, you know, sometimes I wish that was okay. Someone was told me that when I was a teenager. Hey, it's okay to cry. It's okay to have a bad day. You know, not holding these high expectations sometimes might be a lot on some of these kids. Um, and you don't know what anyone's home life is, you know, for sure. So I want to give back to my community, uh, the youth for sure. Um, addiction and recovery for sure. Um, prison reform for sure 110 percent. i want to work with my community and probation to help people getting out of jail or prison that feel like they don't have anything and don't have a life and it sucks as i can't give them anything yet except for just hope that's all i can give them right now but um sometimes that's just all a person needs um my barbering career um yeah i want to i want to be the best barber ever <laughs> that sounds that sounds a little over the top but no i want to i want to master my career and my trade and i want to i want to be able to i want to be a business owner i want to educate um i would like to like pretty much hit the pinnacle of everything that i could do in the industry for sure um starting off though the, only, the best thing i can do to start off is just to get behind a chair and get experience um so I'm just going to take it a day at a time, just like my recovery, my man. You said you're going to Atlanta or something, you were telling me? Yeah, yeah. Can you yes. tell us about that? Okay, yeah. Um, last month, I uh, I competed in a barbering competition um, in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Skills USA. I, um, I took home the gold medal, and I will be competing at a national level um, with the rest of the country in Atlanta in a barbering competition um, June 19th through the, 20, the 24th, so... I'm pretty excited. I'm a little nervous, but um, it's, it's really cool to meet people and network and have some fun. Yeah, good luck on that. Thank you. I'm sure you'll kill it. Yeah, yeah hopefully, man. We'll see. Hopefully, man. I don't, um, I and last but not least, where can we, if people want to inter interact with you and engage with your content that you create, um, where do they find you? Okay, yeah. Um, well, my Facebook is Grizzly Newman. Um, spelled like the bear <laughs> and uh, that's um, that's where you know I post a lot of my like some, like my more personal my personal journey stuff um, my TikTok right now I uh, is Josh Newman 166 and it's following my personal journey of school uh, from inmate to cosmetology student um, right now it's 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 been it's slowly growing or it's sorry it's it's been blowing up but it's it's steadily making uh, an impact for sure. And um, I'm excited to see where this goes, honestly, afterwards. But yeah, feel free to um, follow my story and reach out because I'm, I love to talk. So, and I'll, uh, and I'll, and I'll talk, I'll talk your ear off. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I saw, I saw your commencement speech, part of it online. And I was like, I got to interview you. Yeah. Yeah, I so. know. No, thank you so much, man. This is, it's been an honor. And uh, I feel like, I, I feel like I got a friend out of this too. So it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Yes, sir. If you are interested in sponsoring an episode of Mindset or have a guest suggestion, please reach out at andrew at inspireddigitalstudios.com.
anyone you know is experiencing a mental health crisis, we strongly encourage you to reach out to the helpline. Call or text at 988. This podcast was produced through the WXPR Community Podcasting Project. The opinions expressed are solely the podcast producers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of WXPR, its staff, volunteers, board of directors, or its affiliates.